Welcome to the Guardrail Podcast. This is a podcast about what it looks like when you ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. We describe all the many things God has shown us as we have pursued a deeper walk with Him. I'm Rachel. And I'm Fa. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's just me today, but don't worry. You will get to hear Rachel. Uh, we didn't record a new podcast because she's traveling this week. She went to Indiana to preach at a church out there. I decided to put together the best clips from episodes one, two, three, and four, maybe five. So go ahead and enjoy it. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. All right. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. What's been happening to us? Um. All right. Well, let's just say... Well, first off, I mean, last year, we went to the Belong Company. Well, you didn't go. I went. I went to the Belong Company by myself, and um, this was in 21, 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not this year. Okay. So, last year, <laughs> last year I went there, and the place is crazy. I mean, clearly, God is doing something, you know, um, and uh let's just say before I went there I had absolutely no expectation and I didn't like expect anything good from it. I was just like, well, I'm going because I'm hungry enough to like give it a try, yeah. but just complacent enough and indifferent to like not expect anything from it at all. And um that whole conference like completely blew up my spirituality. Um, like just every, every sermon, everything they said, just completely like it had something in it that challenged me and woke me up out of my spiritual slumber. Um, like prior to that, I don't know, I don't know when I went to sleep spiritually, but at some point I went to sleep spiritually and it wasn't until that conference that God got my attention and I woke up (laughs) and, and it really was a matter of indifference that I've had. Um, so anyway, that whole year after that conference, um, I've, I was different. Like I had not been the same, Yeah. but not to the caliber that I would say I am now. So a whole year, like even just reading my Bible every day, like that wasn't something I did prior, like very sporadically read my Bible and prayed daily before that conference. And then since that conference, I have read my Bible and prayed every single day since I woke up. Yeah. Which is like, whatever. But it's more or less just the fact that I wasn't in a slumber spiritually. Um, So anyway, fast forward to this year's conference. I was like, everyone I need to know, everyone I know needs to go to this conference. I told you, you're going without a question. Like our whole family's going. Our kids need to go. You need to go. I invited my, our friends and, you know... I don't know. Should we like mention their names? I don't know. I don't know. Either. Well, whatever. <laughs> Maybe we'll two friends name came. Names, yeah. yeah, two two friends came. Uh, the person that I went with last year brought two other of his family members. Yeah, like we we got a hold of something there, and so we brought everybody. And um, you know, once again, like this conference, God's doing something, and um, like just again, like I don't even know. I don't know what happened. I think that not only the conference did something, I think, at least for us, Mm -hmm. for both of us, at the same time you're down there, God was talking to me here. 
Yeah. And I wasn't... The first conference, you mean, right? Yeah. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't doing anything. It's something that was totally from God. He, like, initiated talking to me. Mm-hmm. And... Because you came back different, and I felt like I was different, too. Yeah. I was like, okay... Here comes like a new season in our lives. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt like happened in that weekend for you and me. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're praying for me down there. I don't know. Yeah, I probably was. I don't even remember now. Honestly, so many things happened. Yeah. Like, you know, people praying over me and so many words spoken over me and just like, just encounter after encounter with God. So like so many, that, that whole weekend was packed of like revelation encounter and whatever. Um, that I can't, I don't even remember everything that happened. Just, I just know that I came home different and I came home and you were different and our house was different Yeah, and, um, we had not been the same and I haven't been the same since, but you know, leading up to this year's conference, like there was some aspects of my spiritual life that maybe were a little like, I don't know. Let's, let's just say like, all right, like. I think of that time as like from a year ago to now. Mm-hmm. There was a spiritual cleanse going on for us yeah. and a physical cleanse too. There are things that we got rid of in our lives. Well, uh, from like media, social media. That's when you stop social media completely. I like maybe n- before no, that. No, before that, but I, yeah. know, I stopped social media a long time ago. That had nothing to do with spirituality, just being like annoyed with people. Yeah. Um, I started realizing that. We were, well, that I, that I was just constantly on the phone and watching stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, 50% of my time just goes to entertainment. Yeah. And that wasn't good. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing before we went to the conference is like we had a, that barbecue, you know? Yeah. And I, I have like, I mean, whatever, drinking and being like drinking alcohol is, you know, every individualized person's yeah. like journey or whatever. That doesn't make sense. But everybody has their own, you know, convictions about it. And that's how it's supposed to be. Like Bible says, like, you know, whatever. That's so true, yeah. Like that's your own conviction. You work it out with God. And so it had not been my conviction per se that it was wrong to drink alcohol. Um, and like maybe there was definitely times where I drank too much alcohol and it yeah. was like not appropriate, not like I was inappropriate or you would even be able to tell, like it was like a little tipsy, but it's like, I knew that wasn't right, you know? Um, but it was like, just kind of like teetering the line more or less with drinking. And then like, not even just that, like, you know, we had like a big barbecue and like 30 people came to our house and like there was alcohol. Like why do I want my kids around that? Like, I don't want yeah. them seeing mom and dad like drink like that and like their friends drink and like that's not like a good it just didn't feel right to me and you know um i don't know i remember like going to church and being like i kind of feel weird that (laughs) the night before is like no one got drunk and no one was inappropriate but it just was like why why did i even do that like yeah because i've been to parties well growing up my parents would have parties. My my father would have parties, and mm-hmm. like people are drinking. And that was like drinking, drinking. You yeah, know what I mean, like yeah. And it's not like we were like having a beer or a truly or whatever. Yeah, like we were. It was like they were bad drinking. They were drunk. Like, yeah, they were drunk. Rowdy. Yeah, we and weren't. The like whole that. crowd was like you know. Yeah, 
it wasn't like that here. We would just have, oh, well, let's have a drink. You know what yeah, I mean? like, like, oh, we'll have a truly. Let's go in a hot tub and we'll have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, why? Like, what was the – it wasn't necessary, but we did it, right? Um, but I don't know. And it's – like I said, the point I'm making is, like, that night, like, even in the middle of that, I was like, this is – there was a point where I, like, brought out some whiskey and I was like, let's do some shots, <laughs> yeah. you know, with my friends. And that I'm kind of – last year? No, this was this year. Okay. This year, like in the summer when we had a okay, party. Okay, that makes sense. And I was like, even while I was doing this, I was like getting a check in my spirit. I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, like I don't, I'm not gonna get drunk because that's not. I know I'm not supposed to, and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't gonna get me drunk. So and like you know, this just looks bad. This just looks like a kind of like a bad witness in a way. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just didn't feel good about it, but I did it. And then like I remember going to church the next day, being like, what was the point of that? Is that really what I want my kids? To remember of mom and dad and their friends, like, yeah. is that what I want to have in my house? And like, and like, not even just that, like, you know, what happens when our kids are teenagers and like, there's alcohol in the house? Like, are yeah. we going to have to be like locking up our liquor? Because you know how kids are, you know? Yeah. 100%. Um, like, I, I don't even want that, you know? But it's like, you still do it. And I still had, we still had Trulies. We still had like, whatever. Yeah. Even though I kind of started to feel like maybe God was trying to tell me something here with this. Like, maybe it's not the best thing for me. Yeah. Um, but I still went along with it and whatever. So we went to this conference and like immediately at the conference, I was like, I have got, I can't be doing this anymore. I can't have like one foot in the door and one foot like, you know, like one foot in the world and one foot like unholiness or sanctification or whatever. Like this is, it just wasn't right for me. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm trying to say. It makes sense. But um, anyway, so at this conference, I don't know. There's just so much. You can't really break it all down. It's like when you, when you step into God's presence, you're not the same. And there is so much of God's presence that like you're not, it's impossible to not be changed by his presence. And that's exactly what happened, at least to me. It's like so I many things. I was thinking about that today, too. When I was driving to get tacos, I was like, what was about the belonging company that changed us so much? Because we were down there and um, I've been to other conferences where people minister to you a lot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that there. Yeah. You were just in an amazing presence of God. Yeah. And you could tell that the people that were leading were, like, putting down some crazy sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, whether they pray a lot, they fast a lot, or, you know, mm-hmm. they just set their lives aside for God. Yeah. And I know that God honors, honors that. Yeah. So his presence was there, like, I haven't felt before. Yeah. Or since. Because, you know, it's just, I'm not at that level. You know what I mean? Like, when I worship, like, God doesn't show up like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've, like, I still feel his presence strongly after that. And I know that just by being there, uh, we were convicted of a lot of things. And then, then you taste it, mm-hmm. right? And you taste it. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, I felt this before. You know what I mean? Like, I was... I felt like this before, but my problem was I didn't know that that had stopped. You know what I mean? Like, but if, of course, if I had thought about it, I didn't feel the same as I did like maybe 12, 15 years ago. You know what I mean? But 
I didn't. And it took me being back in a place like that to realize that, like, like I'm so far off, I might as well not be Christian. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because the way I measure that is, like, you're either in God's presence and you give 100% or you don't. Because 99% is the same as, like, zero yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Like, you need to just give everything. Yeah. You need to just chase his presence and stuff. So that's crazy. All right. After the conference, what happened when we came home? Um, I don't know. So it's like you're living off like a, like a Holy Spirit high or something. At least yeah. I was like for a good week or so. Um, that was a good two weeks for me. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm just it's so a, yeah. wrecked. Yeah. Um, where you're just like, you're re-listening to all the sermons and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to get as much of that conference as you can. But I don't even know. Um, and there's a thing, like we came home and we like took out that night when we got back to the house. We like gathered up all of our booze and <laughs> all the trulies. I did it, whatever. But I was like, I this is I'm making a point here. Like God's telling me it's time to clean it up, you know? Yeah. And like this is a thing. Like what I went away from that conference was like I want my home to be uh, a home not only to us but the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I want our home to be a home for God's presence. And so yes. like whatever doesn't line up with God's word and God's spirit, I'm getting rid of in this house like right now. Um so like gathered up all the booze and like I had a lot and it's weird because like we're not like that much, I mean, not hardcore. Well, they we weren't about hardcore alcohol drinkers. Is like we bought the house not yeah. too long ago and then Friends of mine brought booze. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a bottle of whiskey and this. And the <laughs> bottles are huge, so we're yeah. not going to drink all of it. Right. But then you're tired of whiskey because, you know, there's like too much of it. Yeah. And then you buy something different. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're there's... you try a, like different kinds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a whole bottle there and then another one, another one. And I don't drink like yeah. you do. Okay. I don't drink anymore at all, but... At all, yes. Thank you. But, you know, you... Would like certain flavors of certain mm-hmm. alcohol. Yeah. For me, it was like, oh, maybe just give me a vodka or the Brazilian yeah. rum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, not even beer. I like beer, but it's like, I would like a truly, but you know, it can't be too flavored or whatever. Because yeah. it's like, I don't know. I have some sort of aversion to trying different you things. You have an aversion to things that taste good. <laughs> yeah. It's but... just like the coffee. Because it's funny because when we were at the conference, there's people making coffee. And because I'm just used to like Dunkin' iced coffee, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we're going to order some coffee here, but I never know what to order. But I always know that you order like the best, whatever we're at, like at a new place or whatever, you always order mm-hmm. the better dish or the better drink or whatever. Yeah. So it was just like, just get me where you're getting. And I remember you got the toasted coconut, mm-hmm. right? So I drank that and I'm like, Toasted coconut, it's freaking amazing. Yeah. So the next day, you're like, I want to try something different. And I'm like, no, I want the toasted <laughs> coconut. And that's how I am. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm introduced to something new, and I like it, and then I don't change. Yeah. I just want that all the time. Yeah, no. So I like change. I you like, 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 you like changing your toothpaste yeah. flavor. Yeah, and I want to taste me- all the flavors. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I don't know, the white one that burns that's your mouth. boring. <laughs> Yeah, no. Maybe the mint one, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. So we came home and we got rid of all of that. Yeah, like I dumped it all out and like I felt God's presence. I was doing that. Like, yeah. It was like, okay, this is right. We're doing the right thing here. 
Yeah, I um, knew you were doing something <laughs> good. Yeah. I was like, this is good. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, I was worshiping and, you know, like getting into worship, it was good. Um, and I started to see my face and my eyes with like blind eyes. Like my eyeballs were like all jacked up. Like, like white? Look, no, they weren't white. They were like cross-eyed and like up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Some people who are blind, unfortunately, have eyeballs that like are cross-eyed and like funky. Like their muscles, like they don't, I don't know, they can't see. They can't like when focus. people have seizures, their eyes go up there. No, I mean like sorta, but like one eye is looking, you know, to the left and the upper left, the other, the the left eye is looking to the right upper. Right, you yeah. know, they're all crossed and funky. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't, you don't. There's nothing. It can't focus. You know, like blind eyes. And um, and at first I saw that image and I was like, what the crap? <laughs> Get out of my head. You know, <laughs> that's weird. Um, and then. I started seeing it again, and I let myself see it, for one thing. And I was like, okay. And I saw myself blind eyes, and I'm worshiping. And I keep seeing this. And then I, like, kind of like the, the picture of it, the vision of it, scrolls out a bit. And I see you. You're with blind eyes. And we're standing in a line. You, me, and then Lily and Addie, our girls. Uh, all of us had blind eyes. And we're standing in a line. Yeah. In a row. And there's like nothing around us, or whatever. It was just kind of like... I don't even know. Nothing around us. Um, like a blank canvas type of deal, but we're just standing in line. Right. And then so. That's exactly what I pictured. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what is this God? You know? And then I saw Jesus. He came up to my eyes and he started touching my eyes, like my, touching my forehead and my eyes and like touching them. And then like I could see. And then he went to you and he touched your eyes. And then he went to Lily's eyes and she could see. And then Addie's eyes. And then we could all see. And then he was like, you know, come here, like gesturing to us. So we were following Jesus. He's walking. And as he's walking, he's coming up. Like I start seeing like um, these wide field, like really pretty fields, like like a harvest field, you yeah. know, type of thing. And a village, like a big people were in this village. And like that really didn't have anything to do with the vision so much as he brought us up to um, this cabinet, like a, you know, like a storage cabinet, basically. Like one of those long ones that you put in your gardening tools. He opened those up and it had a hose in it. A hoe, I mean. And it had a shovel and a rake and like gardening stuff. Like stuff to till soil with, you know? Yeah. And so he took each thing out and he handed each of us a gardening tool. And he said, hey, the harvest is great. Look look at the harvest. He was like, look, see. See the harvest now. Look at it. Yeah. And then we saw all these these fields and like villages like a village it was like africa almost looking like it was just villages you know and i was like oh okay so i'm like almost expected us to like go into the village or something and go into those fields that i see but we didn't instead what we did was we turned around our whole family we turned around and we looked behind us and when we looked behind us we saw like thousands of people standing just the way we were moments ago with blind eyes everyone had blind eyes and they were just standing still idly they just all had blind eyes and so when we saw this we were like oh my god like the harvest is great we got we have to have help so all of us everyone including even our littlest one who's five we all start running up to these people with blind eyes and we start touching their eyes so that they could see. And then once they saw, we had a tool for them and we shoved it in their hands and we said, go, get the harvest, go, yeah. go. And it was like a hurried thing. Like we were like, it was an urgent thing. So we had like, we were running to everyone we could, like trying to touch as many blind eyes as we possibly could. And God just saying, 
kept saying, he's like, look at the harvest, right? Yeah. And so it was like, all right. So I started to see, well, I started to ask God. I'm like, okay. I, actually, no, I didn't even ask God. I was like, where is that from the Bible? And there's like a couple places it talks about the harvest. And I think, now I don't remember, but once in, I don't know, the parables, like I think it's Matthew Matthew yeah. 9, I think, talks about like, hey, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray that, pray for the workers. Pray that they send workers. And I was like, okay. You know, we've all It's funny that. because most people pray for the harvest. Right. Yeah. Pray for the workers. Pray that they send workers is what that verse was about. Um, I mean, the Bible is pretty clear about that. Like, you don't have to worship any other gods. And we don't realize what is an idol in our lives sometimes. Yes. I. Yeah. Today I had this conversation with myself. Lost brain. Okay. And that you don't expect things to be an idol, but they are. Because when you think about idols, you immediately go to, I, you know, people would worship other gods back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like they would make a golden calf for this and that. But our idols today are different. Like okay. your idol could be your phone, your idol could be your child or your work or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, as long as you have two gods, it's kind of tricky because you think you're safe or whatever, but you're not. Yeah. Here, Here's the thing. Like, you know, God told me this a while ago. Like, I used to lead worship at a church, you know, for the last uh, nine <laughs> years. Well, well, not these recent years, but like it was like nine years. I mean, no, I've been leading worship in church since I was 17. So it's been more than that. But as a steady role of like, I went to church every Sunday and I did this as a city. Yeah. This is what I did there. I was a worship leader. Um, God told me back then, this was years ago, but I clearly didn't like totally catch on until like now. <laughs> but um, there was a point there where like, I didn't want to go to church um, for church or like to be there for the right reasons. I wanted to go to church to lead worship. Like I loved yeah. it. I loved leading worship. I, I still do. I love worshiping God. But the, at some point there was some transition from like worshiping God to just worshiping the act of worshiping. Like that's yeah. kind of where it went for me. And right. there was a lot of like, I don't know. It was hard. Like when your focus is all messed up and you're all messed up, it's harder, obviously. So there was like a lot of problems on the worship team. It just wasn't right. Something was, it was clearly off balance in me. I was off balance and God showed me, he was like, well, he's like, when you worship idols and you worship something that's not God, you're always going to have a bad time. It's always going to be bad for you. And it's because other idols, you're always going to have to be proving your worth to it because yeah. you just are. You're always going to be striving when you're worshiping other things, other gods, other idols. Yeah, other they're performance-based. You are always going to struggle and you're always going to have to strive for its approval and you're never going to get it. And yeah. that's why you have to keep striving because you're not going to get its approval because it's not a god. But when you worship God, our God, the one true God, He's the one that declares you worthy. So you don't have to struggle. You don't have to put up that fight because God's already done the work for you. He's already declared you worthy. Um, And that's the difference. That's the difference between your heart being sick or when you have a freaking tree of life inside you or when you're soaring on wings of eagles or when you're, you know, worshiping these like, you know, baseless gods. It's like the Babylonians is – Isaiah is talking to Israel because they – 
they're in captivity. I mean, they're under the Babylonian rule or whatever. And these, these gods were, the Babylonian gods were like, um, like people pretty much like they fought with each other and they tried to trick each other all the time. They would one up each other. Um, when he's talking about like, Oh, you know, like our God doesn't grow tired or weary. Like he's referencing that because their gods did and they had to like eat and like, you know, rest and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yo, these gods aren't the real deal. But when you're worshiping these gods, you're going to have a bad time. But when you're worshiping our God, here's the difference. You're on a, you know, on the, on the eagles soaring right. high in the sky. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the point of all this was that God was showing me that my heart was divided. You know, I was worshiping work, which mentally I didn't think that I was, but I didn't realize that my hope, my expectation was in what work could tell me about myself. You know, like, oh, if I'm successful at work, then I feel successful as a person. That's right. not, that's not right. That's off, that's off the hinges right there. That the only one that should make me feel worthy is God the Father because he's declared me worthy. Right. Um, Idols will always attack your identity. Yeah. Like they always make you prove yourself of what you are when God just tells you who you are right yeah yeah and that's why like you know we put our hope in idols our hope gets deferred and our heart gets sick right yeah um and it's pretty like self-explanatory but um you know when i made that i made a conscious decision like okay you know what i don't worship work and um i worship god so i i need to just divert my hope my expectations back on god where it belongs and he's my only god and he's the only one i'm going to worship that started changing things for me and especially at work and it's funny because even the way i viewed work and how i felt about it completely changed too yeah that's it that's it i mean that's the key what you want transformation in your life freaking go spend time with god you you want you know to hear from god go spend time with god you know yeah um i really he doesn't make it complicated you just have to look at jesus that's what i've been figuring out it's like it's not hard what's happening you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's not complicated yeah because i grew you and i grew up in church and i would see people coming in from like you know other countries or states or whatever to preach and you can see that that person's like real close to god and you know, have crazy gifts or whatever. God shows them things. They heal people. They do this and that. But no one ever talks about how they get there. You know what I mean? Like, they don't talk about it. Yeah. But maybe they did, and you just don't didn't listen. You know, you just you have to spend time with God. You have to listen to what, you know, what God's saying. And when he, he wants to deal with something in your heart, you got to let him deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, there's... You know your whole story, how God came in and deal with, dealt with what was in your heart, mm-hmm. and He made room in your heart, and there's all the rooms in your heart, and you know now God's filled all the rooms, and now He talks to you all the time because you know you just you let Him be there. It's yeah. not just like you put Him on the Sunday room. You know what I mean, like where you just talk to Him on the Sunday, and then the rest of the week. You're gone, you know what I mean? Like, he's not talking to you, but when you just let him be there all the time, it's just different. Yeah. It's true. I mean, if I have to, like, put into steps in order to get revelation from God and to be close to God, it would be first to 
give up the things that are taking your vision away. So if that's distraction, if you're distracted and you're not focused on God, this is the thing, like you don't even know half the time, you know, if you're distracted. Um, So like that's the blindness there is like you don't know what you don't know. So I would start with asking God to take away, if you're blind, let you see, you know, if you're deaf, let you hear, if you're mute, let you speak, you know, Jesus is more than happy to do that. It's just like, he's not going to force himself on you. You have to ask for it. You know, like you have to make that effort to, to, to be sensitive enough to ask. And and the thing is too, is like the Holy Spirit, we're playing, we're, we're praying the wrong things. I think I'm convinced most of the time. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit after he was gone. It's like, I'm going to send someone that's going to help you decipher truth here. And the Holy Spirit does that. So it's like, okay, you feel a certain way. You can be praying into it, but it's not the right prayer. Ask the right prayers. Ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what the right prayers are. And he will. And, you know, in your blindness, you'll see the idols. And I'm telling you right now, I think that's like a crucial point is like, God is not going to contend with idolaters you know like we're not he doesn't contend with other idols he he right. makes it very clear no other gods before me get rid of your other gods and i think that's when things really start to open up is when you're like okay no i'm committed to you jesus i'm committed to you god alone you're alone i'm right. god um here's the thing you gotta be able to see because you won't be able to see your idols 100 percent. you don't even know they're idols right you right. have to be able to see. So you need to ask for vision. I asked God today to show me some idols. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to see the things that you can't see. And it's like, man, um I it, it I don't know, the Israelites were kind of blatant with it, but I don't think that they were so blatant in how they got into their idolatry. You know what right. I mean? That was just like quick and easy, swoop right on in, you know. Um, it's obvious that they had idol like they had literal like freaking golden calves and stuff like right. visually there was i you know yeah here now i think that we don't visually see the i the idols but we certainly have them and they're sneaky that way you know yeah um so i think like that's where the blindness goes um hand in hand with idolatry is like you don't really even realize you're worshiping things you shouldn't worship or you're hoping yeah. and it's really that simple it's like we say oh we don't worship those things yeah you do if your expectation is in your job or in your kids to fulfill you, your hope, your whatever word you want to use for it, but it's your hope. It's your hope, your expectation, your desire. If it's in your job, it's in your things, it's in your spouse, it's in whatever. That's an idol. That's what yeah. that is, you know? Well, you always think of worship as like, oh, you know, we, we sing, right? Yeah, worship is singing. Right. But uh, worship is more than that. It's like your heart. The way, like, you adore things, the way you... Serving. Yeah, yeah, it's what you serve. Mm -hmm. What do you make provisions for in your life? Yeah. What do you make space for? What do you make time for? It's the space thing. That's really key. Um, Yeah, what God was telling me today is, like, people carry their idols nowadays. Put them in a pocket, Mm -hmm. stare at it all day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, God was telling me, like, the idol, your idol is your phone. Yeah. Like, you don't go anywhere without it. Mm-hmm. You're always looking at it, you know. And I open up in the apps and look at the screen time. And it's like, I know I gave up scrolling on Facebook and Instagram all the time. But, you know, every other day, I'm still, like, on Facebook for an hour, on Instagram for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, how do you? How come you want more of me, but you're still 
given Instagram more time than me. You know what yeah, I mean? Because okay. I come home in the morning and I got 30 minutes to pray and I pray and I have a good time praying and, you know, God shows me stuff and this and that, but it's not deep like you because I'm not in as deep as you. I'm not giving as much time to God like you are. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm just not pursuing God as much as you are. Mm-hmm. So God's just like, you know, if you want more of me, you got to be with me more. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very clear to me today that. Susceptible? <laughs> yeah, that's the Why can't I say that word? <laughs> I can never say that we word. We are not right. under the influence of anything. No. Just tired. really tired. Um, everyone is. Susceptible. Yes. To uh, worshiping I- other gods. Like yeah, you don't like life. like it's we not. said before. Like you don't think you have idols, mm-hmm. but yeah, you do because you think of idols as other gods. Like oh, a golden cow in my house. Yeah, or a Buddha sculpture. Whatever. Yeah, Something but like you that. know, our idols nowadays are very different. Yeah. No, it's I don't even know that they're that different. They're just like unrecognizable. Um, I would say normal. They're, they're normal. They're normal. Correct. Yeah, that makes so much sense mm-hmm. because back in the day, other People would have their idols, yeah, and you could go, "Oh, that's those people's idols." Are so I think that's mm-hmm. why the people of Israel like meet like a golden calf or whatever. It's because that that was the norm yeah. back then, right? Yeah, they all had like a bunch yeah. of gods and stuff. What are our idols today for people? Like money, work, work, entertainment. So you can make your kids their idol. Mm-hmm. You can make your family entertainment is a mm-hmm. big one. Other. If you lump uh, like social media with entertainment, which it is, and like internet and like you know TV and stuff, that's mm-hmm. a big idol. Yep. Freaking people can't go. People can't substances. go five seconds without being entertained. Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. true on their phone. The phone is the All biggest social idol. Social media. Yeah. Boom! Right there, that one's the biggest. Um, yeah, these are all like it. It, it comes down to it, like it's not like, um. Like, God told me, you know, you put your hope uh, in God, right? And he will renew your strength. Yeah. And then you'll, you'll like, soar on the wings of eagles, right? Well, hope, putting your hope in God, what does that mean? I think I already talked about this already, so I won't go into it again. But it's putting your expectation and your desires. So what what else do you have your expectation and your desires in? That's the problem. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we expect God to do this. We we hope God will do this. We we love God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what else do you also share <laughs> your yeah. affections with? That's the problem. And so it's like, honestly, like the simplest, I think, definition of an idol is something else that you expect from. Right, right. What else are you expecting from? I think of an idol as uh, something that takes up your time. And it's not something that's absolutely necessary to your life. Like you, you know, you, sleep is something we need. You know, you it takes like six to eight hours of your life or whatever, but it's something you need. Work is also something you need. You need to go to work because you need to survive. But if you, if you sit down and you write down where your time goes, you can pinpoint where your idols are. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the thing is, like, we don't think about we don't think about measuring those things. Mm-hmm. 
but you know if you measure how many times you watch television if you measure how many times how many hours you spent doing x and you could you know it could be your phone or whatever that could be your idol yeah yeah like for sure things that you desire and care about yeah are things usually you put time into absolutely yeah yeah